We're in 28. All right. No, we're in 2016. <laughs> 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 oh, I'm sure. I'm sure that'll make the edit. <laughs> Hey guys, welcome back to the Woodworking Podcast. My name is Nick. I can be found at nickferry.com. Joined with Jay Bates of jayscustomcreations.com and April Wilkerson of wilkerdoos.com. How are you two doing today? I am popping in a cough drop. I will apologize in advance for my voice. I am doing good. Uh, No complaints here, but April is recovering from uh, strep throat, you said, right? Yep. I would probably actually recover a lot faster if I would just sit down. But I get, I get cabin fever, and I just get bored and mad. I get mad whenever my body doesn't recover <laughs> after, like, four hours. I'm like, come on, what's wrong with you? Do you get that to where when, when I'm sick, I you know, you're just sitting there sweating? Yeah. I hate that. that that's what makes me want to stand up, walk around, and, like, move, like, get ventilation. I just hate sitting there feeling all sweaty. Well, and it was worse timing because um, this wouldn't be a problem for you. But here in Texas, our we had a transformer blow out the other night. And so uh, we lost power from like 10 p.m. until 4 a.m. So I was sweating even more because it was hot. I don't even know how hot it was, but it was hot outside. <laughs> and um, no, no wind was blowing. So I was sweating on top of sweating. And it was just, I was so angry. And plus, I wasn't feeling well on top of it. <laughs> Well, if we had that happen, though, we'd, we'd go out of heat. So freezing would no be would be no fun either. Yeah. Well, like we opened up the doors and the window and we were still sweating our butts off because it just wasn't cool, uh, cool enough outside. <laughs> what what temperature was it at when this happened? I don't even remember. I mean, it must have been in, at least in the 70s. Um, but yeah, at night and there was no there was no movement. Uh, we put fans on, but it still just wasn't enough. So it was a pretty rough night. Yeah, it's been unseasonably warm again this winter. Uh, mm-hmm. I think we're gonna have another mild one. The day after Christmas, it was uh, like seventy eight degrees and really muggy. Like I almost broke out the shorts again. It's like you get all these these Christmas these uh, winter clothes for Christmas, and you got to put them up because it's it's still too warm. Exactly. It's crazy. Yeah, when I was doing the paver project, it started off in the 60s, then it went to the 30s, and then it ended in the 70s. So it was crazy weather. Do y'all see this cat? Yeah, it looks like a parrot. <laughs> yeah, isn't that funny? <laughs> it's probably why you're sick, though, because of the crazy weather changes. Exactly. That's what I was thinking, too. So what do you, what do you guys got going on? Well, I... Um, so Jamie kicked me out, dot, 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 of the office. <laughs> <laughs> We're just on rolls with bunnies today. Um, So she, uh, it's it's crazy because we keep a spotless house. We try to keep a really clean house. And if you stay on top of it, it's pretty easy to do. It's just her and I there. We don't have any kids or, um, or, or anything really messing it up. And I keep a pretty clean shop because that's where I work. And I'm moving around in it. However, I don't know why, but I've always kept a messy office. And I just, if you're just sitting there idle in one spot, like the computer desk standing or sitting in front of it, I just, I just, I just get it cluttered and it's just, um, it's just bad. So anyway, my wife, uh, finally had enough of that and said that, uh, it's no longer the office, it's the dining room. So let's see, this was the day after Christmas and, um, I decided, well, you know, if I have all of what I need to work in one small little spot, then I guess it'll be okay to have the um, the office room back as a dining room. So I I made uh, Matthias from Woodgears.ca his his wheelie cart. It's just a small small cart that is height adjustable that that uh, reverses the concept of a computer desk to where like typically on a computer desk, you have the desk that is stationary and your computer chair rolls up to it. Well, this is the opposite of that. You have a nice comfortable chair that you sit in and you roll your computer up to you. So I I knocked it out in a day and I was actually pretty proud of that. I was busting my butt and it's, it's just goes back to the thing of you work so much faster without a camera tagging along. Mm Um, so making it out of hickory too, huh? Yeah, I was like, you know what? I don't want to go buy any more materials. And if I do go buy materials, it's the day after Christmas, so it's like Lowe's has two by tens. Um, and I was like, you know what? I've got all this hickory that probably isn't enough for any other project that I would record. 
and it's just sitting on the uh, rack. It's already paid for, ready to use. So I was like, okay, I'll just use it. It was all four-quarter hickory. I had to laminate some of the pieces to make the um, the the feet and then the pieces that are go right below the top surface. But so yeah, so yeah, it was um, it was a fun day in the shop. It felt uh, felt really good to just keep moving around the entire day when working. And I knocked it out. And um, oh man, I love it. It's so convenient. Uh, we. We, we moved the dining table into the old office room, and then we put, my wife already has a uh, wooden body glider. It's not like a recliner glider. It's just a wooden body one with spindles. Uh, so she's really fond of it. We went, out, we went out and got a matching one, so it's kind of like a his and her like reading nook area where the dining table was, and um, it's just it's just so much nicer. It opens up the space in between my living room and kitchen. It gives the dining room, a dining table, a specific location that's kind of shut out from the rest of the the house, which is nice because previously we have an open floor plan. So previously it just looks like you're sitting in the middle of three rooms. So, so yeah, I had a busy past couple days and I didn't record it because it was basically the exact same thing as Matthias's plans, slightly modified for the wood I was working with, but I didn't record it. And, um, yeah, just, just felt good to just get back to woodworking, you know? Is that, Definitely. is that kind of like, um, I'm trying to remember that project. Is that based kind of on the, um, premise of those hospital tray tables that go under the bed and they're cantilevered out? Yeah. It's similar to like that. Yeah. And it's, it's not, um, it's height adjustable, but it's not like easily adjustable. So you have to unload everything, adjust the height and then put it back. So it's not like a stand up sit down solution. But it's something that you could very easily dial into whatever chair you're sitting in. And then if you change rooms, change chairs, change um, purposes for that table, then you could dial it into whatever the next situation is. So it's a, uh, a better long-term solution than me just slapping some crap together on some sawhorses or something that I <laughs> would typically do. My wife said, you can make a table or a, a desk of some sort for the, for the uh, living room, but it has to look good. So there you go. That was the the main objective. I think they make something similar for like TV trays, so that you can you don't have to you can kind of sit back in the couch and then it, they go underneath the couch type deal. Yeah, they do. Um, it's funny you brought that up too because you were kicked out of the office to turn it into a dining room. I was recently kicked out of the dining room into a bedroom to turn it into an office. My <laughs> wife was. I, I built that Baltic birch top. Uh, table super simple just a couple pieces of baltic birch and the the steel legs but she was i think getting kind of annoyed with more clutter kind of i guess coming into the you know i'd have tools and recording equipment and, and it would gravitate towards the the kitchen table itself and and it's like okay enough's enough you know the kids want to bunk together anyways so go build them some bunk beds and move into one of their bedrooms so i still got to build the bunk beds though my wife is subconsciously nodding her head in understandment <laughs> or in understanding. I, uh, yeah, but it should be fun. Cause I got, I got a chance to build them some bunk beds. She, she wanted them like in like a week or two. I doubt that'll happen, but I'll probably make like a, a just kind of a quicker set out of like two by fours or whatever. And I'm thinking about the bed that I built my son years back i had the headboard and footboard at the same height in case i ever wanted to convert it into bunk beds so i might just build a duplicate of that bed and then put some pins between them but now now the kids are fighting over who wants the top bunk which is i don't know why kids fight over that i would i always wanted the top bunk yeah me too why i would scrimmage with somebody if they if they try to take it from me What what is scrimmaging with somebody? Like wrestling, like fight them, like beat them oh. to the ground, sort. <laughs> yeah, one on one, line in the sand, mine, not yours. Mine. Do you want to go for it? All right then. <laughs> <laughs> I always think of that that line in the movie Step Brothers. I love that movie, by the way. But uh, these guys are like in their forties and living together and they wanted to build a bunk bed and they they went to petition their their parents and we could have so much room for all of our activities <laughs> so much room for activities <laughs> but yeah they they were pretty happy to bunk together so far so good it's been like two nights so it, they haven't had that long to get into any major fights but the, i already found out last night 
when I wanted to essentially send one to their room, the other one was already in the room and he wasn't misbehaving. So I'm like, hold on, I need somewhere to send you. <laughs> Where'd you send him? I just sent him in the corner. Oh, okay. I'm like, just go sit in the corner for 10 minutes. So you're not, you're not being good. <laughs> so having seen the, the bed that you possibly want to convert to a bunk bed, my vote is for that because that is a nice looking uh, bed that you made. But mm -hmm. if you want to go the two by four, two by six route, I know a guy who's got a set of plans for a bunk bed that can hook you up. I was thinking the same thing. I was just trying to remember that fella's name. What oh. was it? He's a sexy little dude. <laughs> It, it's funny because when you mentioned, I, I believe it's on your website somewhere, uh, when you were, you had a smaller room growing up and then you built like a loft. I did the same thing when I was really young and it was, I don't know why, I, I tackle a lot of projects really late at night, but I want to say I was like 13 and my dad comes into the room at like midnight because I was driving lag bolts into the wall and he's like, what are you doing? I said, I'm, I'm building a loft. And he's like, oh, all right. Well, looking back on it, the, the loft bed that I made was like, it, man, it was so dangerous. We had these two particle board bookcases that were, that they weren't that wide, um, but it was beat up old particle board. And I just screwed a couple two by fours on either, now they were on the opposite sides of the wall. It was a small eight foot by eight foot room. They're on opposite sides of the wall up into, into the corners. And I screwed two by fours to the, just right on the outside of the bookcases. So a couple screws through a two by four into particle board and then put some pallet slats on top of it and then threw a small mattress on top of that. And you, you know, it worked for a long time, but looking back, I was like, goodness gracious, that could thing could have felt any night is so crappy and slapped together. <laughs> Mine was pretty robust. I mean, if anything, it overbuilt. That's kind of my, my MO, but I just found it funny because I thought it was an awesome idea and I wanted it super tall. But then I realized, you know, hey, if, if somebody wants to just go sit down or lay down, you got to climb up to go sit down or lie down for five minutes or play a Game Boy. Game Boy, for those listening, is what us old folks had for entertainment. <laughs> what are you talking about? I still have one. <laughs> no, the funny thing is I never owned one. My brother had one. I, had, I, I got a Game Gear when they came out. Man, I had a Game Boy. I had a Game Boy Pocket. I had a Game Boy Color. My mom had a Game Boy. We used to have Tetris Wars. Oh, so much fun. <laughs> well, being I'm the oldest, I guess I had some sticks and rocks, and it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see how it goes. And then before we started recording, I was talking with April, and another idea in the future, because only one has the desk right now for schoolwork, but the other one's quickly, you know, needing one to do two lofts with desks underneath that might be an option but i kind of would like the my youngest boy to get a little bit older before i go putting him up on a top bunk because he's kind of a restless sleeper and i could just see him falling down yeah most of the time they have uh the rails or at least mine did as a kid because i had that i only had the top bunk and then the desk area i guess a loft bed so i had a loft bed with the desk area underneath but mine always had a rail because the same thing i just uh tossed and turned too much as a as a kid i would fall off i'm not worried mine would have rails i'm not worried about that i'm worried about him being half asleep he gets up a lot in the middle of the night oh. half asleep going down a little set of stairs or a little ladder that would be my major concern just because he's one of those kids to where He's always up going to the bathroom or he'll have a bad dream or whatever. So he's up all the time. My oldest is is rarely up. So I, I had pretty much said, well, he's going to get the top bunk to start. Well, that confirms that you need a fire pole and a 360 slide, nothing less. <laughs> the 360 slide would be pretty awesome. I agree. Uh, I saw a challenging on, build too. Yeah. I saw online uh, a tube slide coming off a second story deck off somebody's house, you know, years ago, that would be cool. If, if we don't have a you know, house that's set that way, but if I ever was in a house like that, I would completely put a little tube slide in. Mm -hmm. I don't even care if it's just for the adults. <laughs> uh, so my shop is actually two stories and I, uh, instead of building the staircase, I mean, I always wanted to build the staircase, but where I put the lean to before I built that lean to, I had wanted to make a, a climbing rock wall. So you could climb up or take the stairs. But then I built that stupid lean-to, and now I don't have any place to put my rock wall. 
<laughs> well, at least at least you're optimistic about your lean-to. You're like, oh, that's stupid lean-to. <laughs> well, it's, it's stu- It's really cool. But then whenever you like weigh it out against, it made me not have my rock wall. Then it turns to stupid, you know? That, that stupid lean-to gets in the way of all my activities. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't have anything to climb. I, I thought about putting the rock wall on the uh, front side of the barn. But then you would have to... One, it would be on the front side of the barn and not the back side, so it would be ugly. Well, maybe. And then, uh, but you'd have to climb through the window and not the door. So Cody was like, I don't think so. You could do like a whole like Rapunzel thing with a braided rope and then you pull her hair to get through the window. Uh, All right. Not theater goers. No. We'll we'll stick with rock wall. Yeah. Rock climb. Yeah. I, I rock climbed for probably eight years before I, before I broke my back and got all messed up there, but I loved it. It was the, the most fun exercise, I think, that I've ever come across. It's pretty challenging. To, to where you don't realize you're exercising. That's that's me. I, I can't hop on like a treadmill and, and just do that. I have to, it has to be interesting to me. So so I might have a bunk bed in my future. That's That's my overall story. Very good. You gonna do anything for the rest of your office? I'm I'm looking behind you, and there's like this big um, car emblem on the wall. What is that? Um, what's his name? Something McQueen or something? Lightning Ma- Lightning McQueen. Lightning McQueen. Yeah. Nothing like a four foot Lightning McQueen on your wall in your office. <laughs> yeah, I ordered some um, some acoustic panels, just foam. I was gonna get the egg. The convoluted egg carton foam, but I ended up going with the triangulated stuff. So we'll see if that helps because it's just nothing but an echo chamber in here. So hopefully by the next recording of the next podcast, it's not so so echoey. But um, yeah, I do have plans. I want I want to bring my my vinyl plotter up here and build a workstation for it. I totally miss using that thing. I'm thinking about getting a smaller desktop version. I use it for all sorts of things, whether it's paint stencils or sandblast masks or just custom stickers and decals. I mean, you got one of the original ones I cut out of my logo. so. And the Le Bucket Lid. Le Bucket Lid. <laughs> what was that? I'm trying to think of how that went. Uh, le Bucket Lid. If you're not using Le Bucket Lid, then you're just not curvy. <laughs> Check your, or was it uh, not available in all areas? Check a local bucket for a lid. None of my buckets have lids. Remember those uh, those scoops we did, uh, the the Patrick's Workshop scoops. And if you guys haven't seen those videos, we'll put that in the uh, show notes with these these bandsaw scoops. They're super fun to make. But I wanted to get my parents a bucket of sidewalk salt, and I was thinking, hey, that'd be I, I might be able to make one of those scoops for you know salting the driveway salting the sidewalk so i still use my my uh my scoop the the largest i made three in the video i believe and the largest one i uh i use for dog food still and it's it's just a it's like the perfect tool you know those those flimsy plastic scoops that you can get for like dog food and such um they break kind of like a dustpan they they never last for a while and this thing is it's just a big solid oak scoop that is just amazing for dog food Hey, that's actually something I want to build is uh, the scoop. And then also a while back, Nick, you made the uh, the little hands for salad scooping. Oh, yeah. That's something I still want to make. Yeah, those I, I have the, the template on my website, but I've used them dozens of times and they could be a little bit thinner, I think. But I mean, what's done is done. It's always that hindsight's twenty twenty type deal, but... No, that scoops thing is just just my my woodworking ADD kicking in. I've I've done probably six or seven projects, most of which I've filmed. I haven't edited a single one of them, but it it's just oh you know something simple as oh it's icy out. I'm gonna go get my parents a bucket for some salt. Oh, I could make a scoop. You know, I, I mean I could buy a two dollar plastic scoop, but I think it'd be a whole lot more fun to make another one. So I just kind of get down a rabbit hole of oh I can make it and I'll just make everything. Those bandsaw scoops, though, are like the perfect, um, hey, you just got a bandsaw? Try this project, you know? Instead of like, like a lot of people see like bandsaw boxes as a first like, you know, bandsaw project. But the scoops are essentially the same techniques, but a lot easier, a lot more simple, and a lot more of the, um, what am I looking for? A lot more of the, the quick win 
that you would kind of want with some with a new new tool that you're trying to learn with, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, now that I got the bigger bandsaw with the thirteen, I should almost try doing a huge scoop, thirteen inches tall before mm-hmm. I cut it. Yeah, I I vote for that. <laughs> you should hashtag you should you should you should go to get some more of that firewood from your guy down the road and make like a a um a a driveway shovel. <laughs> Tell him I or, said hello. I, I will. I'll I'll leave the hugs for you though. Last time I went to hug him when I was by myself, he was like, "Whoa, what are you doing? Whoa. <laughs> Why are you hugging me?" <laughs> but I could do like a live edge scoop out of a out of an actual log. The bottom could still all have all the, all the bark on it. So other than um, getting your butt kicked by uh, strep throat over the past couple of days, what what you got? What's the next project coming on? Um, I was going to move to a pergola. That was going to be my final project for uh, for the year. But then um, we had a bunch of rain pretty much the entire time that I was um, I, I was sick. It was raining, and so I went ahead and switched my plan from doing a pergola to doing a pantry. I, whenever I first first got into woodworking or even making in general the pantry it was because I needed a freestanding pantry um and so I built it within like the first like maybe three weeks of learning how to figure out how to use a drill and a circular saw so it's not the best thing but it's something that I use daily and uh so yeah I decided to remake it improve it a little bit and um so that's what I got going on that's, that's, those are good projects, though, when you look back on what you've started with. Like we mentioned, I, I think I mentioned it in the last podcast, the uh, first box I ever made, the first woodworking project. And then recently I made some uh, much improved boxes. So, yeah, it's, it's nice to, like, we don't get the opportunity to, to do the same project multiple times, unfortunately, because, well, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on which way you look at it, because we make videos for just about everything we do. And two videos of the same thing is not the greatest. Uh, but anytime you can go back and improve upon something and just kind of see the 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 evolution of your skill set, that's always great. Yeah, I agree. And then also improve. I think it's really difficult sometimes because, um, I mean, like I said, it was within the first few weeks of learning how to use a drill and a circular saw. But also it was my very first time designing anything. And so, um, and, you know, looking back on it, I think that was actually pretty good. It was all right. Yeah, like it's it, it's functional, but I, I still think even today it's really hard to design something that you actually haven't used. Like it, it was difficult for me to design my lathe stand, not ever using a lathe before, and so I I find it or like people kept telling me you need to build a welding cart. It's like well I just I just now got into welding. If I were to sit down and design something, I wouldn't even know how to build like what I need out of it yet. So, um, now that I've been using the pantry for a little bit, I can, I can see what has worked and what I need, what I need differently. And so that's also a a good aspect of it. And on top of it, whenever I built the pantry, I wasn't yet doing videos. So like what you said, even though I've already done it, it's, um, it's going to be fresh for my audience because they haven't seen it before. I'd go, I'd go for the silly joke in that video. Of course, that's just my nature, but I'd start the video with like doll furniture sized pots and pans and you're taping them to a tree. You're like this week I'm building a pantry. Oh, <laughs> pantry. That took me a minute. I think, Hey, I, so far I think me and me and Jay have better jokes than you. You better step up your game. That's, yeah. that's totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's a one-off occurrence. What you were saying with your, your uh, lathe stand, your lathe cart. Well, yours is a stand, not a cart, right? Yeah. Either or. I mean, it, it's mobile, but whatever. Yeah, whatever. Um, but it was the same thing when I got mine. I was like, I don't really know what I need yet, what I what I want yet. So I made mine just basically a, a skeleton. Like, I'll change this somehow going forward. And I did. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, like, it's like built-in research and development because that's what I did with my theater cart. I had a little list. Every time I did a theater build, I'd be like, oh, I could really use a, a retractable extension cord. And I'd write that down. Oh, I, I could really use a you know built-in air compressor. And I'd write that down. And after you know two years, I, I had a, compiled a fairly decent list of, I need to incorporate these things. And that, that, not only that, but size. It was immediately apparent that not every theater that I did work at had a big load-in door. So a lot of them had just the ADA compliant commercial size door. So I knew I had to make, okay, so it had to be like 32 inches to fit in the door. It had to, you know, 
but so yeah, that's that's part of the. You'll ultimately get a better product in the end because it'll be more catered to exactly what you need and and not adding stuff you don't need. Yeah, exactly. And then also, like, don't be afraid to get it wrong on the first try. You know, like I'm looking around my shop, and uh, that's my second dedicated outfeed table that I've had. It's the second dedicated assembly table that I've had. My second miter saw station that I've had the fourth or fifth router table that I've built. Uh, it's just, you know, you, you, you build to what you think is appropriate. And then as times change or as your needs change and, and, uh, or as your skill set changes, you can improve upon it. So don't be afraid to get it wrong the first try. And then don't be afraid to redo it. If you did get it wrong the first try. Yeah, I completely agree. Especially if you're not a content creator on YouTube, then there's definitely no, uh, like for us, it's, I feel like there's a lot of pressure to like nail something. Like if I were to come out and say, this is just going to be a skeleton until I figure it out. Um, I feel like people would be like super negative in the comment section towards me. Um, which maybe it's in my head, but I feel like there's a lot of pressure for me to just like have these like good solid builds, you know? But I feel like sometimes the constraints that like we have as content creators, I have to keep in, in mind that if I was just a regular woodworker, then I'm not working with those constraints or those limitations or those feelings of pressure and, 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 and deadlines and stuff like that. And, it, and it's another thing, too. If, if you have a professional in the field, I'll just, I'll just off the top of my head, I'll pick like a cabinet installer. They have a lot of experience, a lot of knowledge to offer. But, and they'll, and they'll nail a cabinet installation video, you know, 100% of the time. But then ask them to build a birdhouse and it might be a different story. Well, that's what we're doing. We're, you know, we're going from, you know, a lot of times stuff either we've never done before or we just want to try it or, yeah, I, I completely agree with don't, I wouldn't worry about it. Yeah. But I, I hear what you're saying as far as the pressure because, yeah, it can be, Yeah. I'm like speechless when it comes to that. I'm not a, I'm not a professional, you know, like cabinet maker. I've made probably a hundred cabinets in my day, but that's not what I do for an eight hour a day job every day. So people, Oh, well you could do this or this would be better. Yeah. Chances are, I mean, every day in the shop should be a learning experience, at least for me or else I'm going to be bored out of my mind. Yep, it's extremely difficult to hit a home run every time you step up to the plate. Yeah, but like with that in mind, it's also extremely difficult. Like if you, uh, sometimes I just want to go out to the shop and do something uh, simple and easy and kind of just mindless. Like that a doesn't take cart. a lot of thought. Like a what? <laughs> like a wheelie cart. You should do it. Like oh, a wheelie cart. Yeah, like following somebody else's plans is fine. Or even something simple like like whenever I made that hair stick, I got a lot of comments. It's something that I personally wanted and needed, like all my projects, but it was something really small and tiny and uh, didn't take a lot of working on. But I got a lot of comments on, oh, you must be running out of ideas. And it's like, uh, no, I mean, what? I don't know. I just don't get it. I don't, I don't get the mentality behind comments like that on, but whatever. It's part of it. Yeah. So do you guys want to jump into some questions? Yeah, but first, guys, I have a question of my own. Well, let's hear it. I might have an so, answer. Yeah, I bet you do, actually. Um, Forstner bits. Uh, no, I'm sorry. That's wrong. My head's fuzzy, I guess. Uh, countersink bits. Mm-hmm. So whenever I'm working with a countersink bit, how, how, do, how far do I adjust that collar down? Like I typically hold it up against what the stock that I'm about to be pre-drilling into and I make it go just a little bit past the stock and into the whatever is behind it. But like, I don't even know if that's correct. Like how far into the next material do you need to be setting that collar to? I set my depth so that uh, it, it does create a pilot hole in the second material. Now, if it's hardwood, I make sure that the pilot hole is relatively deep, deep enough to handle the entire screw because you end up getting into um, solid hardwood with a screw, greater possibility of breaking it off. If you're working with pine or softwoods, uh, just getting the pilot hole started is all you need because the screw will be just fine going through the softwoods. Um, but the pilot hole, in my opinion, and the second material is essential because it keeps the alignment of your hole. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, there's, there's a lot of variables there too. Like, are you dealing with actual wood screws with a smooth shank to them? Are you dealing with hardwood softwood? Are you dealing with um, a, a tapered uh, pilot bit or a straight 
pilot bit. You know, there's quite a few things that factor into that. Are you going to be plugging the hole with dowels or, you know, caps or anything like that? Yeah, there's there's a lot to play in there, but you, you get a you get a feel for it as as it goes on. I'm currently going into plywood, and really, what I've been worried about is it just like making the uh, pilot hole too deep, and then the the screw not having enough material. Because of course, it the the pilot on the um, I keep wanting to say Forstner, but on the countersink bit is has a taper to it. So I just worry about pre-drilling it too deep to where the screw can no longer bite into the material into the first material. And I just don't. But then I thought, well, I don't know if that's that <laughs> boring. I don't think you'll have a problem. Even like so, even if you go like on a three-quarter inch piece of plywood to where the top of the screw is halfway through the plywood, you'll still have, for, for the most part, just generally speaking, you'll still have enough of the plywood to bite a hold of. But if you are concerned about going too deep and uh, a required depth isn't necessary isn't necessary but you do want the entire screw head to be below the surface then a good rule of thumb is just just once the maximum diameter of the countersink is established as soon as it is as wide as it's going to be stop okay cool so there you go and and that question was from april wilkerson yeah i'm sorry i jumped in <laughs> jumped the line i'm a line jumper I get special privilege. Oh, I can't talk. Sorry. I get special privileges. Yes, she's the highest on our Patreon list. <laughs> did you guys get your stickers, by the way, from yes, Patreon? I did. But you know, ever since, um, ever since we, that one gentleman put it on the 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 bandsaw, I feel like I have to like one find up. something like super clever to top it. So I'm like preserving them until i like look around the shop i'm like where am i gonna put these that's gonna be really cool <laughs> which speaking of which i apologize i should have said this at the top of the cast but um thank you so much for everyone on patreon we definitely appreciate that uh, it was just a, a funky start here to the day and i completely forgot about my normal um you know things that i'm supposed to say Ah, uh, sorry patrons i hope you all know that we appreciate y'all yes. yeah now you're in the middle <laughs> sandwich <laughs> patron sandwich i thought the stickers were pretty cool I, ha I haven't stuck them to anything well i know i did i stuck it to my black cabinet that's behind my lathe but i might i might have to come up with something cool too as yeah. far as where they go i haven't put mine anywhere either i'm still thinking of something clever subconsciously hey nick real quick right behind you on that drawer uh i like the molding around it what is that this here yeah it's just like a, a beaded molding that goes around the perimeter of the drawer front. I like how in, it how it like uh, comes. I don't even know what the it like it come it, it tilts inwards instead of this way. I don't. So obviously you can't see what's going on, but anyway, Nick has a dresser behind him that he made, and the drawers are inset. The drawer fronts are inset, not overlay, and he has a perimeter molding on the drawer front that is high on the outside of the perimeter and is chamfered in to a lower height on the inside of the perimeter. Wow, you do that so well. You put my thoughts into words so well, Jay. Thank you for that. <laughs> the, yeah, I like um, that. I'll try and grab a picture of it, but the um, it's not chamfered in, the outer molding, the perimeter molding. It's actually like, a, like an OG with a fillet, but you guys can't see that in a webcam. But then, yeah, the, the drawer face itself is just inset from the actual face frame. Send me a photo, and we'll put it in the uh, website article for people, because I like that. I'm looking at doing a, uh, a molding around the uh, pull-out drawers on the pantry, and I was just going to do a chamfer on the on the edges, but I really like the way that looks a lot better. Yeah, it's it's just a... I, now I'm turning... Well, I was turning around talking, realizing that I'm not turned to my microphone. But it's, yeah, it's just one of those things to where if you make drawer fronts a little bit smaller, you don't even need the drawer front face to be inset. It That surface could be coplanar with the face frame itself. But if you just make that drawer front just a little bit smaller, say, maybe even three-eighths, and then wrap, you know, like quarter inch or close to three-eighths, uh, five-sixteenths, whatever, molding around it, and then just some glue and pin nails, it really can dress up a drawer real quick. I like it. All right, sorry. Let's get to the questions. I keep like diverting from the questions. Hey, it's good information. Any, anything else in the background? <laughs> uh, let me look. Let me look. Uh, I no. got Legos. <laughs> all right, Kevin Hart. This is for all three of us, and I, I, I threw this one in here because I think we all three have something to chime in on this. Uh, he's in the market for to get a planer, and it will be his first planer that he's ever owned, and basically wants to discuss the ones that we have. So. 
I have the DeWalt DW735, and he also asked about the model slightly below this, which I think is the DW734. Um, I have a, well, I think two articles on my website specifically for this planer, and then also a tool talk video on my second channel going through everything on it. Um, it is, I think of the three of us, it's the most expensive planer. Um, Nick has the rigid planer, if I'm not mistaken, and April has the Triton. The, all three of them are benchtop planers. Um, but real quick, what I like and what I don't like about how, mine. How much is yours? Oh man, mine was like $600, I think. Oh my gosh, mine was 350 Yeah. So that's a quite a big, big difference. So I, I didn't do much research when I got my planer. I was just like, I'm a woodworker and I'm going to get a nice planer from Lowe's. So I just went to Lowe's and got the best one that they had. Um, but anyway, I, I'm not satisfied with the life of the blades. 99% of the people I talk to with the exact same planer have the exact same issues with poor quality of the blades and you end up having to buy aftermarket blades. And I have talked to uh, my buddy Wayne Brown. I think he's using his very first set of blades and he's they're just handling it no problem. So maybe it's a maybe it's a, a quality control kind of thing. Um, so that's the downside of mine and it's expensive. Um, it does work really good and it does have a fan chip ejection if you don't have a dust collector. Hindsight's always twenty twenty, but if I was to do it all over again, I would save the money and get another bench top planer that's a lot less expensive that just simply does the job. What size is the exhaust port on that one? Oh my gosh, does it matter? When Nick was here last January, we had this <laughs> we had this like three AM argument. It was like three or four o'clock in the morning. Both of us are tired beyond belief. And we had this like thirty minute argument about the size of the exhaust port on our planers and whether or not it mattered due to the chip ejection and it, it we got absolutely nowhere. We got, we got nowhere. <laughs> oh, man, I just remembered. I was going to make a funny joke at the beginning. Can I do it now and just pretend like I'm funny? Yeah, we can pretend this is the beginning. Okay. Hey, guys, welcome back to the... <laughs> yeah, there we go. And then I'm going to say, um, darn it, now I forgot. This is why I can't tell jokes. <laughs> no, it's something along the lines of, hey, folks, happy Tuesday as usual or something. Oh. How did... How, <laughs> I watched that video and I was thinking to myself, oh, it's Tuesday. So I'm going to show up to the podcast saying the same thing that Jay always says on Tuesday. Hey, folks, how are you guys doing? Hope you're having a great Tuesday as usual. As usual. <laughs> I'm not going to say that next year. I'm going to be like, boy, howdy, how y'all doing today? <laughs> you should change it up every single time, especially if you're going to be doing the same thing at the end of the year. What sucks is like the, um, so my new camera, this is totally off subject of the guy's question. Bear with me just a oh, second. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so the, uh, where I normally shoot my vlogs, the, the miter saw stations in the background, I just think it's a cool background. Well, the autofocus on my camera, the new camera I got is fantastic. And I'm trying to embrace the autofocus because it will save me time setting up every shots, every one of the shots, but shooting the vlog, if my eyes are not looking at, if my face is not pointing towards the lens, and I slightly turn like 10, 15 degrees to one side, then it focuses on the miter saw station. So um, That's crazy, the technology where it recognizes the eyes to focus on them, and then when it doesn't see eyes anymore, it focuses on something else. Kind of like our whole podcast today. <laughs> we focus on something else. <laughs> yeah, let's Sorry. just... Sorry. Yeah. You don't want to get back to planers? I can talk about my planer. Yeah, let's, let's do that. Let's do that. Okay, so my planer... No, actually, I don't know that much about my planer, Um I'm just now looking at all the specs because, of course, I'm sponsored by Triton. But looking at it, it's a it retails for three fifty, and it's a twelve and a half half inch one. But you know, um, I'm still working with the same blades that came on it, and I've been using it since I got it two years ago. Um, so, blade, I'm happy with the blades. It has two blades in it, and what else? So, if 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 one has less features than the other, is it plainer? <laughs> Knee slap. <laughs> there you go, Nick. Stepping up your game. I, I'm, I'm working on redeeming myself. That's what I got to do. See, I think it's the competition brings it out in you. I need to start telling my bad jokes uh, because well, I, then it like brings it brings out the good ones from you. Well, I was still laughing from the "Hey, folks, it's Tuesday." <laughs> yeah, I chopped that up real bad. But in my head, as I was watching Jay's vlog, I was thinking, "Oh, I'm gonna be so funny." And it just went south really quick. <laughs> Ugh. All right, uh, what's your Nick? What's your name, Nick? Talk about your planer. <laughs> um, 
I, I've gotten asked a lot on the planer, and I've been talking with Jay for a couple months as far as I might do this a, a similar series like his Tool Talk because it just makes it so much easier because all these big, um, or larger tools, you get such repetitive questions on. But my planer, I'm happy with it. It I want to say was between five and six hundred, so definitely not inexpensive when it comes to a home workshop. Well, first off, what is uh, it? It's the rigid. I don't. I don't even know if they make. I'd have to look it up if they make that model anymore. It's a four poster. Um, the posts are fairly narrow together, so I still get um, a reasonable amount of snipe. But I've never owned a large, you know, floor standing snipe free one. I've used plenty of them, but for the money. I think my blades might have lasted longer than yours, but I don't know if that's the metallurgy or not. You tend, or you used to do anyways, a lot of like two by four dimensional stuff. So you're probably going through a lot more knots. But then again, I would do a lot more hardwoods like cherry and maple and oak. So I don't know how that kind of, but, and I don't even, to be honest, I don't even know if it's a two or three blade. I would guess it's a two blade. It's, there's snipe if if you know and for those that aren't familiar with snipe it's you know you get a little dip in the beginning and end of the board and essentially it's unusable because when you go to finish it you're going to see that line you can't really sand away you can't really sand that away because you're going to that you're then you're going to create a bevel on the end but it does okay it it the planer for the money i think it's a a decent value and yours does have a fan chip ejection right it does, uh, but in, when you guys were here, I mean, it clogged up a couple times when doing figured woods, but then again, I was just shooting it out onto the floor. It wasn't, you know, hooked up to a dust collector. A dust collector, I think, would be, um, you know, I've never had a clog when hooked up to my Harbor Freight dust collector, I should say. Yeah, it aids in the chip ejection. So, so yeah. mine has a dust, dust extraction chute uh, that you can um, adjust either to the left or right, but I don't know, I mean, it just, I just... Yeah, Should yours, I just assume that it has it? Go ahead. No, yours is, is just, if I'm not mistaken, it just has a chute to where you can uh, hook up a dust collector to isolate the suction where it needs to be. Uh, the one Nick and I have actually has a fan to, fan into to it. blow okay. it out. And really, on mine, you know, the first um, two years or so that I had mine, I had it uh, piped into a pillowcase. And at that point... Huh. Um, which is probably like a, you know, 30 micron bag, um, horrible for you. But anyway, it, it, it does a great job for standalone dust collection. Um, but yeah, like I said, you know, every other planer that I've had, I've had, I've had experience with in other people's shops and just talking to other people, it planes wood and it still has snipe just like everyone else. I probably would have saved a lot of money and gone another route. Yeah, I have yeah. never hooked up the dust collection even poured on mine. I just let it go all over the shop and then sweep it up. Oh my gosh, I'd be on, I'd be behind you with a broom every day. <laughs> <laughs> you were behind me with a broom when April and I were planning down that for the clock video. Oh, I can't stand walking on top of shavings in the shop. I I don't mind. I I more or less want to get whatever I'm working on. I mean, in 2017, I'm gonna do a dust collection system. That's definitely on my list. And I know it'll be nice. I used to have a small shop vac system at a previous shop, but when it it, it all depends. I I helped a buddy plane down some uh, knotty pine for a cabin, and I brought that planer and we just let it go into the driveway. And but that must have been a few hundred board feet that we ran through it, and it handles it pretty good. The only thing I don't like, um, or a feature that it's lacking that yours has, is the multi speed. For the feed rate. Oh, yeah. You know, I don't mean to cut you off, but thinking about that multi-feed rate, um, you know, 90% of its entire life up until like, I don't know, a month and a half ago, I did all of my cuts on the finishing speed. So the slower finishing speed, you get better result. And I did that because I thought that it would be less stress on the blades, which it probably is because you're removing less material per pass. I recently I switched it over the fast speed. I'm like, man, this is so much faster. I should have been doing this all along. It it, it, <laughs> it leaves a comparable well, surface anyway. Yeah, one of one of my things that I get annoyed with with like stock mill work is you get to see the the mill marks because a 
they don't have the the actual cutter knives exactly the same height or and or they're running at too high of a, a feed rate and they're they're obviously not going to go through and sand trim and, and uh, window casing and stuff like that so I hate seeing that in stained woodwork knowing that you know it's from a factory and then it was probably just sprayed with a tinted catalyzed lacquer to finish it and it you know, as a woodworker, I don't like that, you know, big production stuff. But my planer is pretty void of that. But I wouldn't ever say uh, finish ready out of my planer. That's for sure. And um, speaking of, or while we're on the subject of our tools, you want to just jump into the next one about bandsaws? Um, sure. This is specific to one tool, but we can expand upon it. Ron, Ron Rizzo. Uh, asks that he's or says that he's possibly getting the same Laguna bandsaw that Nick got recently, and I've been hoping for a video on it. Well, there's a reference to a tool talk video you should do, uh, or a go. bit more in depth discussion on the podcast about it. So, me and April have the same Grizzly bandsaw we can talk about, but Nick, uh, what about your Laguna? It's the, the 14BX, and it's the 220 volt model. I want to say it's a two and a half horse. It's either that or two and three quarter. Um, I like it so far. I've only had it for, I want to say less than two months, but I have been putting it through its paces with, with my bowl video. You know, I cut through a log. Um, and I also did like three or four more bowls like that, you know, just for Christmas gifts. And I've been resawing the first cut I actually made from it. I, I resawed, um, what was it? I think it was maple. And it was like a 32nd of an inch veneer is what I cut off of it. I wanted to try it pretty much the first cut. So far, I'm really, really liking it. It's it's kind of a beast. I really, I really it's just a, a workhorse. Um, it definitely beats my, my old bench top, which I'm keeping. I'm just going to put a... A smaller blade in there for for doing more curve cuts, like a quarter inch blade. That's where I was about to go with this. Do you have so you have the um, Laguna set up for resawing specifically, or or more for bowl blanks out of the lathe? Because like me more, personally, more resaw right now. Me personally, if I had something like that, I'd probably slap a carbide blade on there, and the thing would be cutting veneers most of the time. Yeah, I right now it's a three quarter inch. Uh, I forget the tooth count on it, but I also have their carbide tipped resaw king blade. I've yet to try that out. I'm just I don't know. I've just been just been busy with other things, and then I also have a half inch blade because I figured that would be a really good bowl blank size. Yeah, but you guys have the was it the Z the G zero five five five? Yep, I have the same one that Jay does. It's the G0555LANV. It's Grizzly's 14-inch uh, uh, 555 model. That's their anniversary edition. And I recently put the riser block on it, and I keep a half-inch. It's a Sterrett blade, half-inch, like 4 TPI resaw blade. I think it's 4 TPI. Um, but I've been doing some resawing with it. I'm quite pleased with it. Uh, can't really say anything negative about it other than the dust collection ports in the worst, absolutely worst location. Um, I'll take a picture of my current setup with the dust collection. I don't even use the dust collector port in the back. I have a dedicated shop vac for it that I took a shop vac hose and cut a V notch into the end of the hose itself, like no adapter right into the hose. And I shove it underneath the uh, bottom blade guides, yeah, bearing guides. And I zip tied the hose to the bottom door, so that way if I need to open the door to change the blade, it gets out of the way. And then when I shut the door, I just push the hose back where it needs to be. And it is it is night and day better. So much of an improvement. And, and if the blade happens to contact the hose, or the hose contacts the blade, oh well, you got a little cut right there. But dust collection is so much better right there. Yeah, that's a, that's a good tip. I'm going to do the same thing. But yeah, if it cuts the hose, oh well. That's my, my viewpoint too. Yeah, it's it's so much better. Like, like when the first time I did that, I resawed some two by ten uh, Southern Yellow Pine two by tens, and I did um, I think like five or six pieces, uh, t- ten or twelve inches long, and they were like a sixteenth of an inch thick, and it was just so little dust on the table. Uh, it, it was great. It was fantastic. It, I don't understand the port at the bottom of the bottom of the wheel. At right, the bottom of the bottom wheel, it just doesn't do anything 
Yeah, that was actually kind of one of the the features that I really liked. Speaking now of dust collection, the there's two dust ports on mine. One's at the bottom of the cabinet, at the bottom of the bottom of the wheel, bottom of the bottom wheel. Yeah, you got you too. And yeah, um, and that one's just more or less to clear out the cabinet, which there really isn't a whole lot of dust, you know, when you're using the top port. And the top port is angled roughly at 45 degrees downward. But the cool thing is they kind of built this little chamber. And there's a little plate that slides in right uh, above where the blade starts to curve for the wheel. And so it's kind of a kind of a collected box to where it's not just a vacuum port just sucking rather, you know, just random into that bottom area. It's like a shroud. It's catching. Yeah, it's it's catching it all right. You know, when the uh, the blade passes through the wood and then essentially the gullet would be full of sawdust. So I think that is, you know, a neat feature. But another feature, because the 555 is more like a Western style with the cast spine. This one's more of like the Italian style with the straight pillar spine. Um, but another one of the things that I, I really did like was it has a, uh, a brake on it with a little micro switch that shuts off the motor, which is not so much. I don't think it's a safety feature really that much because... If you end up putting your finger into a bandsaw blade, what are you going to do first? Are you going to pull your finger back first or are you going to look for a foot break? You know, I would imagine you're going to pull your hand away first. But what I like is uh, when you're, you know, cutting stuff and then you go to reach around the blade, it's, you know, the, the safest way is to make sure that the bandsaw shuts off and it's completely stopped. So this way you just hit the brake and second, maybe second and a half, the blade is stopped. You can clear the table of all the cuttings and then start it up and keep going. Yeah, I've never worked on a bandsaw that had a brake, but I can see where the benefit out of it. Just just stopping the blade. I mean, that's all you just just stop the blade and, and reduce the risk. Uh, mine spins down for like a minute and a half, something like that. It takes a while for it to spin down. Yeah, so I've been I've been liking the brake and and that and just 220 volt. I think it's a two and a half horse. It's just, it cut through that log. That log was like a 13 inch diameter. Cut through that like absolutely nothing was there. Well, also real quick note on bandsaws, just like a table saw. If you have a really, really, really good machine and a crappy blade, you're going to get crappy results. A good blade will make a horrible bandsaw tolerable most of the time. little asterisk behind what I just said there. Yeah. Or even upgrading like a cheaper bandsaw from rubber to urethane tires. There's all sorts of upgrades you can do. Different blade guides. I've never owned the, the Carter bandsaw blade guides, um, which this Laguna has ceramic ones, which I'm, I'm really enjoying so far. All right. Well, we uh, still have one more question that we will again save for next time. Uh, but we want to uh, thank you guys for hanging out with us. And if you want to stay up to date with the podcast, go to thewoodworkingpodcast.com. And up at the top, there's a couple of clickable buttons to subscribe on Android, RSS, or on iTunes. And if you are on iTunes, be sure to leave us a review. Thank you to all of those who have already done so. We very much appreciate that. And if you'd like to contribute to the show, there's a couple different ways you can do that as well. You can go to patreon.com slash thewoodworkingpodcast. Or go to the woodworkingpodcast.com and click on one of the uh, contribute buttons in the sidebar. But anyway, that's it. Thanks for listening. You guys take care, and we will talk to you on the next one. Bye, folks. See you later. Hopefully you have a good day, as, as usual. As usual. <laughs> <laughs>